African Dialogue, looking at different events in depth, discussing a variety of issues. What we see here is a clear violation of one, the right to privacy of Tiwonge and uh, Stephen. The position of Greenpeace is that it's been a disappointing meeting. Well, good morning, everybody. Thank you for joining us right here on Channel Africa. Thank you for joining us on our platforms on www.channelafrica.co.za. And remember, we're also on DSTV on our audio bouquet channel on Channel 802. you with me, Benjamin Mushatama, right here on African Dialogue, where we zoom into the big subject matters on the continent and internationally. Well, today, well, today we're looking at Venezuela and we're looking at the situation in the country. We've looked at it before. Now, we're taking the uh, the story forward because the latest is that the Venezuelan president, Nicolas Maduro, yesterday called for early elections for the National Assembly, which is headed by opposition leader Juan Guaido. Guaido has also been recognized as the sole legitimate leader of Venezuela by the United States and other Western countries, which are estimated to be to the number of 50. The opposition won a majority in the National Assembly in 2015, and the next congressional elections are currently scheduled for late 2020. Guaido has been recognized by U.S. President Donald Trump as the country's rightful head of state after Maduro won re-elections uh, in a vote uh, wide deemed to be fraudulent and stacked uh, other state bodies uh, with uh, loyalists. However, uh, President Maduro retains control of state functions and the support of the military's top brass, as well as allies, Russia, Cuba, and China. To assist us on the subject matter, we joined on the line by Herning Sir, who is a South Africa director at the Conrad Adenier Foundation. Henning, thank you for joining us once again here on Channel Africa. Yes, hello, good day. Now, Henning, let's look at the latest here because it's very interesting to see uh, the Venezuelan President Maduro calling uh, for a proposal of early elections instead of waiting for next year. Do you think that uh, this is a sign of uh, Maduro actually bending to the current pressure in the country? Um, I think it's a political move from him to um, distract attention that actually his election was fraudulent and rigged and also inconstitutional due to the fact that the uh, commissioners of the Electoral Commission have to be reappointed previously before any election could take place, maybe either presidential elections or parliamentarian elections. So this is clearly a political move. Uh, In addition to that, I think that President Maduro should release the MPs, um, which his government has held hostage, and uh, was uh, imprisoning uh, last week um, uh, without any warrant. And until now, many people do not know where those MPs are. Now, let's look at that particular issue, because what does this call actually mean? Do you think the country is ready enough to actually have this particular election, especially one that's focused on the National Assembly? Because that's the a big dispute, because we know uh, that uh, um, his opposition, uh, Juan Guaido, is uh, uh, the, the main opposition leader who's heading um, the National Assembly. 
Yeah, well, I mean, um, I, I do not know. Actually, there's no reason why there should be early parliamentarian elections. Uh, they, should, uh, they should just stick to the plan and, uh, and rename the, the electoral commission, and then, they can t- then elections can take place uh, for the parliament when they are due. And, uh, and that is the same for the presidential elections, which have to be uh, redone for the, uh, for the mere fact that they were inconstitutional uh, due to the fact that the electoral commission was not elected in the right manner. Let me bring in uh, Mr. Aziz Pahad, who's a former uh, international relations minister in South Africa, but now the chairperson of the ministerial review panel at the Department of International Relations and Cooperation. Mr. Pahad, thank you as well for giving us your time. Good morning. Now, we've spoken about the Venezuelan situation before, Mr. Pahad. What are your thoughts on the latest developments? Do you agree with Henning around the issue that they should just wait for uh, the elections next year instead of focusing on the issue of uh, the composition of numbers within the National Assembly? Now, look, first of all, there's good news. There's reports that the Maduro government is speaking to the opposition in Europe. And that's a good news because up till now there's been no discussions or failure by the opposition to have any discussions. It's generally accepted that the last elections were not fake and they were not doctored. There were 155 observer missions, including Jimmy Carter, the former president, his center of the United States. And it was accepted that despite all the propaganda to depict it as being uh, doctored and not democratic, this consensus by people who are trying to look objectively at the situation is that the elections were okay. The opposition, Gado is not an innocent democratic force. There's sufficient information for, from former CIA agents from the weekly make, uh, leaks to indicate that Gaido was a member of the right-wing youth organizations who was trained in Belgrade by American-funded organization, uh, which trains a lot of people for regime change, and was, you know, declared the president unconstitutionally. If he now is calling for an election, let those who say that the previous elections were false send in observers or support observers and try to make sure the elections in their minds are free and fair. I don't understand the logic of what your previous speaker was trying to say. He, he must read a lot of books. He must read weekly leaks. He must read the books by former CIA agents, the newly report, released reports by the Pentagon on how to carry out regime change. And then he might give you a more balanced opinion. Okay, let me take it back to you. Henning. What are your thoughts around Aziz Pahad's uh, defense of um, uh, the last elections? Um, uh, because it seems like he has a different viewpoint to, to yours and uh, to my intro, actually. Yeah, well, first of all, we have to distinguish between the parliamentarian elections and the presidential elections. Last year, the presidential elections took take place and all, despite the fact that, that there were international observer missions, but most of them were people 
paid by the Venezuelan government to come. Um, uh, there, there were also many, many independent. There were many independent. Okay, Mr. Pahad, let, uh, Mr. Pahad, I'll give you a chance to to come back. Let, let uh, Henning make his viewpoint. Henning, you can continue. There have been many independent organizations who claimed that these elections were rigged. So I understand that there are two positions. But what is the case now? Now we are talking about the parliamentarian elections, and sure. the term of the parliamentarian elections is not done yet. So I'm asking why should they be re-elected if the last parliamentarian elections from 2015 were accepted mm. by both sides? So therefore, the, for, for re-electing the parliament, there is no reason for that. And, yes, Rick, sure. And, and la- last but not least, mm. I just would like to, end, uh, to, to, to add that since May 2018, so since last year, there have been more than 17,000 protests in Venezuela mm. registered. More than 63 people got shot in protest, mm. in peaceful protest, by the police and the, and the military. And I'm wondering who is democratic here, mm. and especially here in South Africa, where you had such a strong uh, struggle against the apartheid, mm. and you should know how it is if, if you have an unconstitutional uh, dictatorial regime ahead of you. Okay, I don't want us to really dwell on this particular issue, but I think um, Mr. Pahad uh, Henning brings some very important truths here. In fact, in terms of the realities around the parliamentary elections, the fact that now both sides of uh, the opposition and um, the current um, uh, governing party was actually, they agreed on the the National Assembly or the parliamentary elections. Why go for those once again when there was an agreement in 2015. Um, that, that's a very bizarre contradiction there. What are your thoughts, Mr. Bahad? Well, the events in Venezuela have been bizarre for a long time because of the substantiated information about regime change in Venezuela for many years. So those elections, now your other speaker, I didn't, I didn't get his name, He's saying that most of the observers who went to the presidential election, I'll come back to the uh, parliament, were paid by the Venezuelan government. Firstly, that's not true. And the Jimmy Carter Center, Jimmy Carter was the president of the United States. He can't just put such a blatant lie and say that that people who were there like Jimmy Carter Center were paid by the Venezuelan government. And they have given substantiated reports. So let's at least accept, he seems to be accepting that the presidential uh, elections were free and fair, unlike the orchestrated campaign. Now, there is a situation where there's continuing attempts at regime change. The the coup that the self-imposed President Guaido tried to carry out failed hopelessly. So the continuing regime change activities now calls for a democratic process again, even they bring the elections forward, to normalize the situation so that the Venezuelan people who have shown quite openly they are not for regime change can then try to return back to normality, a better life for them all, and try to ensure that they have a country that their sovereignty is respected. They have their own 
means of mm. choosing the democratic elections are the okay. democracy and the economy that they want. I also want to raise a question to that point that you're making, Mr. Pahad, around the the, the the protests that have been around because those have been seemingly anti-Maduro government um, protests. So I don't understand when you say those actually don't... No, actually, thanks, Benjamin. Sure. Actually, there is, there is a lot of fake news. There is a lot of information and mm. it's easy. You can just Google it mm. from very respectable sources. The figures that you were just given are not mm. true. And in fact, there's been many pro-democracy, uh, pro-Madura uh, demonstrations far bigger than the ones your other speaker was referring to. And it's substantiated. I don't know why. People don't realize we're now in modern technology. And the days of putting false information, using media for alternative facts, are now able to be challenged and if your other speaker is in South Africa why doesn't he ask for a, a debate where we can openly debate this information Okay, let me take a quick break. It seems like it's a huge contested matter in terms of uh, the issues around the Venezuela situation currently. And uh, you are listening to Channel Africa. We're speaking to Mr. Aziz Pahad, chairperson of the Ministerial Review Panel of South Africa's Department of International Relations and Cooperation. And also we have Herning Sur, who is the South Africa director at the Conrad Adenair Foundation. Clearly, the two have different viewpoints and contestations around this particular issue. But I'd like to also just get their thoughts respectively around also um, the Guaido side and in terms of their relationship with the United States when we come back. I know very recently there were key members of the Venezuela opposition that meant with uh, uh, Pentagon and U.S. State Department as a diplomatic effort to look at uh, uh, still looking at solutions to the current uh, standoff between uh, uh, President Maduro and opposition leader Juan Guaido. Let me take a quick break. It's 20 minutes past 11 o'clock Central African time. You're still listening to African Dialogue. This is Channel Africa. Don't miss out the 3rd Annual Africa Shared Value Summit taking place from the 23rd to the 24th of May 2019 in Nairobi, Kenya. Thought leaders and business changemakers from across Africa will share insights and case studies showing how shared value can transform your business and create the Africa we want. Book your ticket at africasharedvaluesummit.com today. Channel Africa is a proud partner of Africa Shared Value Summit and will broadcast live from the summit. Make sure you don't miss out on the broadcast on the 23rd and the 24th of May 2019. Log on to www.channelafrica.co.za or tune in to DSTV channel 802 to be part of the conversation. Channel Africa, African Perspective. 
Yes, this is Channel Africa where you get the African perspective. Uh, we are the external service of the South African Broadcasting Corporation into Sub-Saharan Africa. If you're listening to us via our DSTV channel, we're on uh, Channel 802 on the audio bouquet. And uh, remember, on our website, you can still stream us live on www.channelafrica.co.za. Thank you for joining me, Benjamin Mushatama, right here on African Dialogue. We're from Monday to Thursday. We contextualize the big issues of the continent and the world. And today we're going back to looking at the Venezuelan situation. And we're joined by Herning Sir, who is the South Africa director of the Conrad Adenier Foundation. I also have uh, Mr. Aziz Paha, chairperson of the Ministerial Review Panel at the Department of International Relations and Cooperation of South Africa. Henning, let me come to you in terms of uh, the latest developments. I want to move on quickly. I don't want to just uh, look at the differences that you and Mr. Bahad actually have on this particular matter, but I'm sure they will actually come through. I think it's the health, it's healthy radio to have different views in, in the discussion of this particular nature. But I wanted to get your thoughts around the relationship that the opposition have with um, the United States State Department because it seems like it's growing stronger. I know that uh, in the failed coup, uh, there was a kind of a a closeness even in that um, uh, ambition of the the, uh, Guaido camp. What are your thoughts around this this relationship? Do you think it's a healthy one or do you think it's one that should also uh, bring into the fold the, the Maduro camp? Yeah, well, um, first of all, I, I, I'm, I will state that uh, I'm also not a, a fan of the Trump administration and the rhetoric which they are using is not helping very much. But it's absolutely normal that the Venezuelan opposition, uh, in, the, in the light of the current situation in Venezuela and the oppression by the Venezuelan government from Nicolas Maduro, is searching for allies uh, uh, outside of Venezuela, and the United States is one of them. This is also due to the fact that there's a huge Latin American community in the United States who are on the side of the Venezuelan uh, opposition. And uh, I also would like to add that it's not only the United States, uh, states it's also the uh, Organization of American States, which is the counterpart to the African Union, which is very much uh, calling for uh, for a peaceful um, uh, for a peaceful agreement between uh, the two uh, sides in Venezuela and uh, also Colombia, Brazil, Argentina, Chile, you name it, they are also very much on the side of the Venezuelan opposition. So it's not, it's not really uh, an issue of the United States wanting to invade a country and wanting to impose a regime change. At the moment, we have Russian soldiers on Venezuelan soil, not American soldiers. So, so actually, I wouldn't reduce this whole issue to uh, to a mere uh, to a mere uh, fight or mm. struggle of uh, U.S. getting influence in Venezuela. But we can say that those Russian soldiers are in Venezuela due to the fact that. Uh, uh, when we refer back uh, to the um, uh, attempted coup by uh, Guaido, uh, they are Russian soldiers, not by because of the attempted coup of Guaido. They are Russian uh, Russian Russian soldiers uh, because Maduro cannot trust his own military anymore, 
and also due to the fact that the Russians are trying to gain influence with leverage effect against the United States in other areas in the world, like Syria and, and other, and, and other, uh, other uh, troubleful regions. So, so that is the reason why the Russians are there. And by the way, the Russians have also very much a uh, very big commercial interest supplying military uh, um, um, military equipment to to Venezuela. So there are also commercial interests here by the Russians. Mm. Mr. Pahad, what are your thoughts in terms of how you see the opposition, uh, Guaido's camp aligning itself with the United States and also the fact that there are power dynamics that have been highlighted by Herning there in terms of also Russians' involvement in this um, uh, conflict in the country? Look, I think the facts are there for all of us to see that there is regime attempts, and it's not just the Americans, it's a regime attempt by some countries in Europe, supported by some of the countries in um, Latin America. It's not all Latin Americans, 50 countries recognized, totally against all international law and all conventions, recognized the Guido uh, uh, government, and it was totally unconstitutional and it's only 50 countries in the world, including some European countries, some Latin American countries. There are 165 countries in the UN. So we must get these facts sort of properly on the table. There is now an attempt to find a solution. Let's support that it's taking place in Norway. What I am very surprised that there are books written now, and there many articles written about regime change. Now, we can't continue to deny the reality. It's no longer a Soviet propaganda. Uh, there's no Soviet Union about that. But now about the Russians being there, the Russians were asked by the um, Maduro government to be there. Of course, they have vested interests. The biggest amount of uh, economic control of the Venezuelan oil is United States oil companies. So the Russians have their interests. They are there because what is the dangerous situation, as my friend from the Adenauer Foundation is not saying, is there is now a serious danger of conflicts in many parts of the world. Attempted regime change in Iran, serious danger of conflicts between powers with nuclear weapons. Now, from a country, the Adenauer Foundation is German, and they should know, I, th- I suppose Henning is young, he should know his own history, how Goebbels used propaganda to create the conditions for fascism to rise in Germany. There's a certain tactic. I really believe that Henning, who is based should now give us a date and we can have a debate with him publicly on this issue. Your, your response, Henning? Sure. I may respond to that sure. uh, directly. Actually, I might be a little bit younger as Mr. Pahat, but in comparison to him, I lived in Venezuela for a couple of years, from 2013 until 2017. So I, yes, I know Henry. many, many of those people from opposition, also from no, okay, government, okay, and I I'm very aware of the situation there. And regarding the oil, I just would like to add, 
that it's not only about Venezuelan oil. So, Mr. Pahad, let's let's let Henning respond. Henning's activities in Venezuela. Okay. And I want to show. I want to check whether he was not part of the subversion of the democracy in Venezuela. So I will Google it. Okay, Henning, continue. Let's let's hear your thoughts. Let's not interrupt, Mr. Pahad, respectfully. Let's okay, let Henning have his say. When you give such yeah, I, I, I don't know if that is kind of a conspiracy theory which Mr. Pahad is here, uh, claiming on, on the radio in public. That is very interesting. But regarding the Venezuelan oil, I just would like to add that until January this year, the U.S. was the biggest, one of the biggest buyers of the Venezuelan oil and therefore helping the regime to sustain itself. So this is not like a long-term plan from the United States to take over Venezuela. It's today the, the Secretary General of the, uh, of the um, Organization of American States, Mr. Almagro, he claimed that if Maduro... Uh, sticks to his, to the power if he doesn't want to to come to any kind of agreement with the opposition then it's going to be a conflict all over the region so there you ha- it's it's a regional conflict already by next year probably one out of four venezuelans is going to live abroad and you have to consider that venezuela was always a country of immigration towards venezuela Venezuelans weren't moving away, but this is a, a recent tendency, and that is due to the, to, the, to the economic and humanitarian crisis which is taking place. At this very moment, many people, many, many people are dying because of lack of medicine, because of uh, lack of food, and, and I know people who, who passed away because they couldn't even get the simple uh, medicine. So this is the conflict we are trying to resolve here. It's mm. not any kind of regime change or any kind of, 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 of secret intervention mm. in any case. This is conspiracy theory. We do not have anything to do with that. I'm mostly interested in the human t- mm. humanitarian rights situation and to restore democracy there. And who's not sticking to the uh, rules is clearly Mr. Maduro, who, mm. by the way, the last attempts by the Pope or by Mr. Zapatero, the former uh, Prime Minister of Spain, who had tried to, to get a dialogue running, it was the Venezuelan government who didn't stick to what they concluded. And now it's the Norwegians who are there. I'm really looking much forward that this is some kind of, of, of success, this, this negotiations which are taking place in Norway at the moment. And I'm, I'm very, I'm, I'm at the moment, I'm very uh, disappointed by South Africa because they could have played such a constructive role with, with all the experience they had from mm. their transition, but they positioned on the side of Maduro, and I think that is very sad because they could have played a much more constructive role in this whole conflict, especially mm. because they have a seat in the Security Council mm. at the moment. Let me take a quick break and just so as we can all catch our breath. But uh, I also want uh, Mr. Pahad to really uh, look at the concerns that Henning does actually have around the humanitarian crisis. The the economy of the country is not in a good state at all. And I don't think that's fake news at all. And I don't think those protests that we see saw a few weeks ago or a few months ago were, that were intense were uh, of any uh, pro-Maduro uh, stance. So we look at those issues and maybe kind of try find some sort of resolution on the way forward after this break.
Channel Africa, together with Radio 2000 and the South African Broadcasting Corporation, is celebrating Africa Day at the SABC in Auckland Park on the 24th of May 2019, between 900 and 1500 Central African time, when 15 African state embassies showcase the best in their country's culture through food, music and fashion. Tune into www.channelafrica.co.za or DSTV802 and be part of the celebration on Gateway to Africa's live broadcast from 11 till 12 Central African time. Channel Africa bringing you the African perspective. SABC News mobile app is your one-stop digital portal to all the news you need. Stay connected with the latest and breaking stories. Watch the SABC News channel along with clips and live streams of all the big news events and listen to all the SABC radio stations live, including podcasts and much more. Simply download the SABC News app to your Android or iOS device from either the Play Store or the App Store. SABC News, independent, impartial. Thank you for listening to us right here on Channel Africa. You're listening to me, Benjamin Mushatama. Uh, thank you for joining me right here on African Dialogue. Remember, we are on www.channelafrica.co.za. On DSTV, we're on Channel 802 on the audio bouquet. It's uh, 25 minutes uh, to midday. Uh, that's Central African time. Well, uh, let's quickly get some of the points as uh, that we're still discussing here and it seems like it's a very, very divided conversation that we're having today, which is fair enough because it's showing the different elements and different factors and different conversations that are happening on this particular matter. We can always have a, a uniformed discussion. But coming to you, Mr. Bahad, is my concern in terms of uh, your thoughts in regards to the idea of the humanitarian crisis in uh, Venezuela. It seems like that you're disregarding it and that the economic uh, um, strained uh, environment in the country. Uh, Maduro has a few challenges that have actually brought him to this place yeah. that we are at right now. And so to be pro-Maduro without um, con- uh, considering these particular factors seems a bit premature from where I'm sitting and maybe Henning has a point in this particular regard. Good point. And let me help Henry too. <laughs> let me say the points I'm referring to now. I'm quoting largely from a 2018 plan called A Plan to Overthrow the Dictatorship of Venezuela, the Master Stroke, and it was signed by the U.S. head of its Southern Command. That's a command that's responsible for military activities in the region. And this plan, it's not my, I, I am, that's why I'm quoting this thing. This plan says, you have to carry out regime change in Venezuela under the smokescreen of, of democracy, security, 
and you must use the media propaganda and alternative facts to launch psychological warfare. The plan goes on to say, and I'm quoting for the plan, that's what I'm saying, it's not my thing. The plan says, sanctions, blockades to create shortages of food, medicines and other necessities to increase, must be used to increase dissatisfaction, discourage foreign investment, and to add to that plans, you must block all foreign uh, uh, money that the Venezuelan government has in the U.S. and elsewhere. And that's up to date, it's $1.8 billion they block. Now, I'm quoting from a plan that was prepared by the command center. Now, there's got countless other plans. I can send all these plans to both to the Channel Africa and to any so that he then can get a sense that today we are able to download other documentations. Now, if Henny hasn't seen this plan or any of the other plans I referred to, I will gladly send it to him if he, you know, if I, I know the Audenauer Foundation. I will send it to him if he wants it. Mm. Okay, Henning, have you seen this particular plan? Because it sounds very suspicious in terms of its wording and it seems like it um, it positions um, the ordinary person still in Venezuela, whatever the intention is behind uh, that particular plan in a, in a dire situation. And I'm not quite sure um, where the source is that Mr. Pahad is highlighting there. But no, it's, it's the Pentagon document. So that's also a, a U.S.-based document in itself. So yeah. it could it could actually show us the intention behind what's happening currently, according to uh, Mr. Pahad. What are your thoughts on that revelation? Well, first of all, I'm not defending here in any kind, uh, neither the Pentagon nor their plans nor any kind of uh, military invasion in Venezuela. That's sure. not that's not my point, not at all. The com- the South Command of the United States. Uh, already uh, since many years, not not recently, many years, made very harsh statements uh, confronting uh, Maduro. That is that is true. I'm not familiar with this uh, with this plan in its details, but but uh, for sure that uh, not for sure, but probably there are plans by the by the South Command uh, that in any case, in any potential or. or situation that they might have thoughts of, of a military invasion but that that I do not know I'm I'm not uh, I, I'm not aware of that and I'm um, I also do not know if that uh, if, if they are planning if the US is planning to do so but what I'm very much what I know very much that in the very moment where we are talking we are very far away of Venezuela that in this very moment many people are suffering and dying because of the consequences of this mismanagement of uh, and bad governance of the Maduro regime. And that is a problem which is expanding in the region and has an effect on other countries like Brazil, like the Caribbean islands, like Colombia. And, um, and that is why the other governments 
cannot just like say, oh, it's an eternal issue and somehow they, get, they should get it straight. There is a political deadlock and this has to be unlocked. Mm-hmm. There, have to be, there has to be any, any, any agreement between the different sides to come together. Now, what I mentioned before are the, are the negotiations which took place already before the dialogue by the, by the Vatican the dialogue by, by Mr. Zapatero, and now the dialogue in Norway, which also is a little bit problematic because it's not inclusive uh, in a sufficient way. Uh, there have to be more people involved in that. And, and obviously, I'm, I'm, I, I think that, that the Trump administration finds very harsh words which do not help necessarily mm. for the situation. On the other side, one also has to consider that Mr. Maduro himself is also quite a very harsh guy. I mean, there are more than 300 political prisoners in Venezuela. Many of them, we do not know where they are at the moment. They are basically kidnapped by the regime. There are many, many politicians uh, of the opposition living in exile. Last year, there was the, 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 the MP from Emilio Pizarro. He was here in South Africa to raise awareness about the situation in Venezuela. And nowadays he has to hide because the government is chasing him. And that without any warrant. So what kind of government, what kind of mm. people are we talking about? Okay, we, 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 we're running out of time. And I just want to get uh, the uh, final say from um, Mr. Pahad because Henning is saying the way forward is for an inclusive uh, process uh, for a way forward, inclusive but dialogue. Henning is saying, Benjamin, is opposed to any inclusive process and including opposed to finding solutions. He says, he understands, he knows of the Pentagon's attempts to uh, carry out changes. He, he, he knows that, he hasn't read. I'm going to send him these documents. But then he doesn't want to look at cause and effect. I'm not saying, like all governments, his own government is in serious difficulties at the moment, and the next week's European elections will show. All governments have made certain mistakes, and there's a right-wing move throughout Europe, uh, neo-fascist right-wing organizations. But they don't imprison politicians. No, 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 Henny, let me finish my point. So, you are admitting that the Pentagon has been carrying out regime change, but you don't want to accept that that leads to cause and effect. The coup failed hopelessly two weeks ago. I mean, that was a hopeless failure. So the people didn't rise in in support of that coup. And, uh, you know, unlike other areas where demonstrators have been shot dead and that I have not seen, excepting for the provocations on the borders with uh, uh, the Venezuelan borders, the forced attempts to bring in uh, so-called humanitarian aid, which has been proven to be engineered, there has been no killings of demonstrations. I am not supporting okay. the Madura government. I have my criticisms about a lot of governments mm. in the world. All right, and I need. To-
I need to wrap it up there because we've ran out of time and for the first time we won't have a consensus on this program. Uh, but I hope there's no bl- bad blood. But I, I do hope the suggestion by Mr. Pahad is taken by Henning in terms of maybe an external conversation on this particular matter. And I hope that we take this forward somehow. Let's have a conversation online and maybe we can email each other and see maybe we can have a public debate on this particular matter. But I want to thank Mr. Aziz Pahad for his time the chairperson of the Ministerial Review Panel at South Africa's Department of International Relations and Cooperation, and Erning Sir, who is the South Africa Director of the Conrad Adenier Foundation. Thank you both for your time. Not an easy subject matter, but thank you both for not necessarily having bad blood, but being honest on this particular platform about your sentiments on it. So thank you both. Thank you very much. Thank you.